welcome to the Women in Business Ask for More podcast. I'm your host, Zara Janjua, and this is brought to you by the Royal Bank of Scotland. Behind every successful person, you can be sure to find one, if not many, mentors who've helped them along the way. Some famous pairings you may know of, Maya Angelou and Oprah Winfrey, Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg, and recently, Ray Dalio, the billionaire investor, revealed that his new protege is hip-hop entrepreneur Sean Diddy Combs. Yeah, P. Diddy. Apparently, they've been exploring techniques such as radical open-mindedness. There's actually a video on his Twitter and everything. You should check it out. But people who inspire you, support you and connect you can be really difficult to find. And knowing how to build and maintain those relationships presents further challenges. Today, we're speaking to serial entrepreneur Lynn Cadenhead and personal coach Gail Bryden. We find out how both women found success in their industry and what their biggest failures have been. We discuss the different forms of mentoring, find out what makes a great mentor and the do's and don'ts as a mentee. Later on, we have some advice to help you find a mentor and we finish with some biz inspo quotes as always. First, Lynn Cadenhead has over 20 years investment experience, mentoring and nurturing a range of early start technology and retail companies throughout the UK. She's the chair of Women's Enterprise Scotland and has founded a number of businesses. She's also the first chairwoman of Touch Bionics, the world's leading upper limb prosthetics company, which sold in 2016 for 27.5 million. You really are a serial entrepreneur, Lynn, aren't you? Sure am. <laughs> but one of your first jobs really interests me because you were a Piero doll at the Dundee Theatre. <laughs> um, when I was at school, I had a, a number, a uh, number of jobs. Uh, I was always really quite entrepreneurial in, in my outlook. So, yes, I used to dress up as a Piero doll at the Dundee Rep Theatre, um, and uh, had a number of uh, jobs in shops and tea rooms and things like that. Um, also, a small jewellery making business when I was about 14, so I think it started quite early. And from there, you, your first proper job was as a fungal molecular geneticist, <laughs> which is quite a mouthful to say. It sure is. And a fungal molecular geneticist is just a fancy way for saying I studied mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> what did you find out about mushrooms when you were studying them? That I really like them. <laughs> so that's what we have when we come around to yours for tea now. Yes, all sorts of mushrooms. Mushroom sauces. <laughs> also here is Gil Bryden, a former marketing executive, coach and owner of Just Be Botanicals. She produces and creates aromatherapy-inspired skincare, teas, and has an aromatherapy chocolate collection, which she's brought some in for us today, which I'm quite excited about. And these quickly picked up awards and won the endorsement of two of the UK's most influential beauty writers. Now, Gil, you'd been working for some pretty big brands before you hit what you call your reset button. Yes, absolutely. I had um, experience of working with Kimberly Clark, which is Kleenex Andrix Huggies, Heinz Infant Feeding, Scottish and Newcastle, and Diageo. I mean, big, big brands. Yep. And was that where some of the pressure came from for you? Yeah, I think it's interesting when you look back because it's the pressure you put on yourself. And I had a job that I'd always wanted to do, was living life to the full, but I actually had forgotten about the balance. Mm -hmm. And that's very much what you do now with Just Be Botanicals. Yes. And you, you came in today and gave us, I wish it was, I was going to say smell-o-vision, I don't know what the equivalent is in a podcast, but you brought in some lovely oils that, that we've got on our wrists just now. What That's right. So this is my latest blend called Just Be Kind, and it 20% goes back to support SAMH, which is Scottish Association for Mental Health. So this is my first giving back. And the product you tried this morning 
um, just won gold at the Pure Beauty Awards for best new wellness product, which Ooh. is incredible for me. I feel spoiled, Gail. You're spoiling <laughs> us. I mean, it smells lovely and it's definitely um, woken us up. I think mm. it's got that real vibrant, yes. aware, we've got vibrant awareness, can we say. What was one of the first things that you did? How did you get into doing marketing and how did, what, was your, what was your background in? My degree was accountancy with marketing um, mm. and I was always interested in why we do what we do. So my roles within the four companies was consumer insight. Mm -hmm. So understanding how we behave in certain environments. And then when I had been made redundant, I studied coaching, which is why we do what we do within our own life. Mm -hmm. And the essence of Just Be is about being yourself. And so I've now developed a range to help people understand their why. I mean, your industry is so competitive, so the marketing background, no doubt, massively helps you. Yeah, I think if you just can keep your language really clean, um, it's interesting when I get feedback, some people are attracted to the colours, some it's about the different scents. So it's a really immersive brand that it's become. Mm -hmm. That wasn't necessarily how it started, because no one starts big, mm -hmm. but it started with massage oils because I couldn't find a blend that I wanted to work with. Now, I know that both of you know each other from Women's Enterprise Scotland. So how did that meeting come about? And, and actually, Lynn, what does Women's Enterprise Scotland do? So sometimes it's quite hard for people to understand just exactly what Women's Enterprise Scotland is. And I think the easiest way for us to explain it is we're an organisation that represents the voice of the female entrepreneur in Scotland. So you can think of us like a, a bit of a union for female entrepreneurs. We you know, fight for your rights, lobby for change, uh, help support any female who's starting up and growing their business in Scotland. And uh, we run a number of uh, leadership and development programmes, but we are also central to promoting female entrepreneurs in Scotland. Um, this is all to do with the importance of having real and relevant role models to inspire any entrepreneur, whatever stage they are of the journey, that they too can start up and grow their own business. So we have um, 60 ambassadors, um, all at different stages of their entrepreneurial journey. And Gail is one of our wonderful WES ambassadors. It's fabulous. So you do know each other. We don't need to, we've not had to do the introductions no. today anyway when you arrived. But did I also see that you've now got a few um, male Ambassadors. Yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. For too long, the problem with overcoming some of the issues that female entrepreneurs face when starting up their businesses is that it's all been down to the females to do it. And we actually have to work in partnership, you know, men and women working together. So this is why we have uh, started a cohort of male WES ambassadors leading businessmen within within the community in Scotland who really are committed to changing the gender imbalance in, in enterprise and working closely in partnership with us. So we've announced our first three male WES ambassadors and another four will be announced very shortly. But it's really exciting and I really enjoyed reading about what Women's Enterprise Scotland does and actually the connection that you, that you have together. Um, because it's obviously the reason why we're here and the point that many people will be listening in is to feel inspired and to hear stories and make connections. Um, one of the things that we spoke about when we first started talking, you know, well, a few, a few weeks ago was about failures. And I think that sometimes failures can be so interesting to discuss as a group because what your idea of a failure is might not be what mine is. And, and also sometimes they get really personal. Um, what was your point 
that in your life that you feel like you were failing or I imagine it might be the reset button that you described. Absolutely. I think when your health begins to suffer, it really does make you stop and think. And again, looking back, I had been given so many signals, but just thought, just keep on powering through. And actually, sometimes it's not about that. It's about being gentle with yourself. And I think when you are able to be vulnerable and realise that you're needing to choose again, that's where real growth can start from. Mm -hmm. And it's the adage that it's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get back up. Mm -hmm. And I think when you are starting your own business, it's not a straight line. And if you get the fundamentals right, the journey is long and, and very varied and interesting. But it, for you, it wasn't that you had to... It wasn't that, that the, there was anything wrong really with the business. It was the fact that you felt the need to reset. Yes. That you'd pushed yourself to that point yeah. that you realised that was it had been too much. Yeah. And I knew I couldn't go back to working in an office environment. So I knew I had to choose again. And actually, my options at the time didn't seem that much because mm -hmm. all I'd ever known was working for big companies. It hadn't occurred to me to work for myself. But when I put my health and well-being at the forefront, and then started looking into holistic massage was one of my first qualifications and then did a whole range of well-being and started doing retreat work. I realised actually this was where my new tribe was. It's so hard though now to, to switch off at any point because I really struggle with that as well. The, you know, knowing that at 6pm or 7pm really you should put your phone down and I think having mobile phones is such a blessing but it does mean that your emails are constantly popping through and if you wake up in the middle of the night and you go to look at the time and you see that you've got emails and you start looking at them then that's you know that's you awake all night and that's definitely something that that I'd been experiencing so I'm definitely learning a lot from you Gil keep sniffing my wrist now just to keep me calm um, and and what about what about yourself Lynn? With regards uh, to failures I, I've been fortunate I've had some amazing successes uh, in business but I've had some pretty spectacular failures too. And as Gail says, it really is part of the journey. Your journey uh, on the, the road to entrepreneurship is, is very much uh, up and down. I think we have to have a lot more honest conversations about failure. It happens. If you're failing, you're innovating. You can't innovate without failure. So we have to start thinking about failure in the business journey quite differently and really start focusing on uh, more developing a resilient growth mindset. Failing is okay. Everybody does it. Every single entrepreneur fails lots and lots of times over and over again. But the key thing is learning from those failures and putting the learnings into action. And that is really what I mean by a resilient growth mindset. It's okay. This is going to happen. I've learned. I've moved on. And also, I will pass those learnings on to other people. Mm. I love that the the idea that winners have just lost more times than than <laughs> losers, which makes complete sense, really, doesn't it? Um, just to to talk to move about onto mentoring, and the reason I feel like it was so important to discuss failures is for that reason. I find it really empowering to hear how normal it is to, mm. to, to fail and to mess up sometimes and to businesses fold. Um, you know, I realise that businesses quite often folding is or you know, deciding to walk away from one is not the indication of a failure itself. It's acknowledging that's what's that's what's that's what the problem was is, you know, that's part of the pathway to success is knowing when to give up. Um, 
what really is mentoring to you, Gail? Well, I think it's interesting to look at the difference between coaching and mentoring because they've got things that are in common. So mindsets and behaviours are the things that they have in common. Mentoring, for me, is a more long-term relationship that you'd have with someone, ideally someone who has a mindset that you're wanting to get into or has an understanding of the industry or business. Um, But it's very much a two-way process, whereas coaching is about the individual understanding what's right for them. When you go into a mentoring relationship, it's much more of a discussion and you are there very much to learn and to be coached, but within um, a set of agreed situations. So, so you don't want to meet someone to mentor you that's going to talk at you? Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, when I was... To get the right mentor, you often have a lot of coffee dates. And I remember meeting someone for a coffee date who said to me quite abruptly, you're not listening to what I'm telling you. And at that point, you just know that's not the person mm-hmm. for you. Because there has to be mutual respect. Trust is a big thing. Um, Because a lot of what you will wish to discuss is very confidential because you are showing things that you don't necessarily know or understand yet, but you have a willingness to learn. So do you look for someone that's like you? Not necessarily, because I think you need a bit of diversity in your thinking. Um, It's someone that you respect. Mm -hmm. I think the respect is the big part. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had three mentors along the way. The first happened to be a male, worked in banking. I'd always asked for a female mentor, but that almost seemed impossible. But my first mentor relationship was good. It was very structured. And then the following year, I was fortunate enough to have had two female mentors and the difference that made was marked. And I think what is interesting is that there is a bit of a gender disparity about gender relevant support that we have. Um, And it was right for me because I work very much within a female industry. And I'm not saying that a male can't get into that, but there's just a different mindset. The gender side of this is really interesting. Yes. The dynamics there have shifted, especially in the last five years. But Lynn, what would you, how would you describe mentoring? What would you say mentoring is? Well, Gail's really summarised it uh, very well. Um, from an entrepreneurial perspective, really what you're looking for is someone who's been there, seen it, done it before who understands you know what you're going through has the battle scars and can share that information with you whether that's on an emotional level or a practical level and sharing that information to help people come to their own decisions and understanding as Gail says it's not about telling it's about sharing and helping them to to move along in terms of their journey. Is there an issue when you are looking for male or female mentors? Should you be making that distinction? It's interesting. I was asking for it and it didn't seem to exist. But last year, there was a pilot scheme that ran for a year that was about having a female Mm -hmm. mentor. And um, it was a matching process. So you had quite a few meetings to discuss what style you wanted, because not everyone wants tough love. I certainly did, because I think when you're asking people that know you for feedback, it can often be sugar-coated. And so I think the style of the match is is quite important. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, think, I think that's where network comes into play, because mm-hmm. you can get an understanding of what's the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's it's very much to do with the stage you are at the journey and what has happened to you. So, for example, if you've been through a really difficult time and you've experienced, you know, some kind of fairly significant failure, you know, in your in your in your working life, you're needing someone who will simply listen to you, share with you, and then gradually start to build your confidence mm-hmm. up and get you back out there. Um, if you're at the cusp of you know some major new initiative and you're needing someone to hold you accountable, you're probably needing a slightly different style. So it just mm-hmm. depends very much um, where you are on that journey. But absolutely, the key thing are uh, the key things are the matching process. Do not just take the first mentor that mm. comes along who mm. says that they can mentor you. That relationship really has to fit because the trust must be there and the mutual respect must be there. Again, as Gail's already said, you are sharing things you know, which can be pretty deep, highly confidential, so you must trust one another. It's funny that you use that word relationship and that's certainly what I'm starting to understand is what mentoring is really all about. Um, just to back to the topic of, of, of gender, which I find really interesting because I hadn't particularly thought about it much in this context. Obviously, we realise now there's huge differences um, and inequalities when it comes to men and women in business. But recently, there was an article in the Financial Times that showed that 40% of both men and women agree that after Me Too, uh, men are, are fearful of taking on a female protege. Um, and I wondered whether um, you know that is potentially going to make it more difficult to find someone that's the right fit for you as time goes on. I would say no, because if you're professional, there shouldn't that should never be called into question. I think what is interesting is that research shows that women face different challenges when it comes to setting up a business, access to funding, even things like managing childcare. And I think you need somebody who can understand those challenges. So sometimes it doesn't matter whether it is male or female, but I certainly think when I've sat in front of male mentors, they talk about feel fast, feel quick, feel cheap. Whereas a female mindset is about sometimes a longer time frame and it's not failing can be part of the journey but it's not about doing it at the same pace and certainly a lot of the things I was advised early on I'm glad I didn't listen to such as being incorporated taking on external funding but these were almost tick boxes of quite a male mindset it sounds like you might have to go through a few failed mentoring relationships as well potentially to find one that works for you because it is really difficult to navigate thinking you know do you want someone that is going to give you that tough love do you want someone that maybe is in a different industry that can help you think outside the box or do you just need someone that gets who you are and maybe that's at that point what you need you've done a lot of mentoring haven't you I've I've done a lot of mentoring and again it's different things for different people um at whatever stage they are in their journey so for example I have never had a mentor myself but I have lots of go-to people who I really respect and admire for different skills and attributes. So on a practical basis, if I'm really needing to get some advice from somebody about branding or legal aspects or or HR, I've probably got three or four people who are really experienced in that area. I'll pick the phone up, they'll give me some advice. If I'm needing someone to give me a kick up the back end, I know exactly who to go to. 
if I'm needing someone just to give me a hug and tell me that everything's okay, I know exactly exactly who to go to for that. But they're not all the same person. Mm-hmm. It's different people for different things for me. So I mean, mentoring is just that. It's, it can either be very structured, um, so or, or it could be semi-structured or completely unstructured. It could be just asking people for five minutes of their time every, you know, once a month or a couple of times a month. Um, I think, sorry, I I think a structured process is is really good for people early on in their journey. Um, When when they're starting out as an, an entrepreneur, there's so much that you've got to do and so much that you don't know. So having that structured process from somebody early on in the, in the journey, I think, is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the matching process has to be right. And you've got to manage expectations on both sides, both for the mentor and the mentee. Because I imagine if you're new to mentoring, if you're looking for someone, you wouldn't really necessarily know what to expect. You know, do are you looking for someone that can come in with a almost a lesson plan and talk you through, you know, what we're going to do and what you need and that's kind of something that a coach would do and you have a coaching qualification Gail don't you? Yes and the interesting thing with coaching it is can be very structured and I don't know if it was just because I've got that background when I came to being mentored I knew what the structure was for me so I've never spoken to someone else who's been mentored to see how they came about mm-hmm. but I certainly find that I created this grid and what I would prepare ahead of the meetings um, talked about operation, highs, lows, issues, things that I want to discuss during that time because your time, it's goodwill. The mentor is giving their time pro bono mm-hmm. and it's important that you get as much out of that as you possibly can. But a big part of it was the reflection because I think when you've got your own business, you just go from one thing to the next thing without necessarily looking back as to what went well, what you could improve on. And we tend to always focus sometimes on the glitches as opposed to actually you said you're going to do that, you've done that, take a breath and recognise that things have moved forward. Um, So I think sometimes it can be a real point in the sand to go, okay, actually you did a lot in the four weeks. I mean, the frequency for me was typically once a month for a year, but I knew I could email, pick up the phone if required, but that was because the the mentors were, I felt really invested in. And I knew it was a kind of open door. But you also need to know not to overstep that. Mm-hmm. What's lovely is that you have done co- coaching, or you have a coaching qualification, but you've never mentored anyone, but you have been mentored. And, and the opposite would be for, for yourself, Lynn, where you've obviously done a lot of mentoring. And at the moment, you're doing peer-to-peer so, mentoring. Yes, we do peer-to-peer mentoring as well with two of my colleagues who we all work at the same level within the same system. And we have a peer-to-peer mentoring call once a month. We'll get together. Um, what have you been working on? What's gone well? What's what's not gone so well? And it's been really interesting in terms of that that time out just to, mm-hmm. to share information, share experiences, um, has unveiled some quite deep issues that some people thought they'd had dealt thought they had dealt with in their past life. But hadn't. But having this opportunity with peers that you really trust and respect to have that really open conversation has been really illuminating and very helpful. And when you say that, is it business experiences or personal experiences or both? Both, really, mm-hmm. both. Because 
you do bring your personal mm. life to business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, I think the blending of both of them is really important. What you do in your personal life affects your business life, and what you do in your business life affects your personal life. You're listening to Royal Bank of Scotland's Ask for More podcasts, presented by me, Zara Janjua. I'd be interested to know what qualities you think mentors need. Listening, I think, is one of the most important uh, attributes. Uh, listening and really hearing what people are saying to you, um, giving them ad- advice to help them come to their own decisions. Being available, but not overly available. I think everyone's got to respect boundaries. And from a mentoring uh, process, delivering what you you said you promised you would do to people. So, for example, uh, one lady that I'm mentoring at the moment, um, we have a weekly call. It's a short mentoring programme for her over a period of six weeks. It's a weekly call. It's at a time. It lasts for an hour. I always turn up for it. It's disrespectful to the entrepreneur for me not to turn up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's even more disrespectful to the mentee for the entrepreneur not mm. to turn up for things. It's about, uh, it's really about managing managing expectations and respecting both sides of the party. But listening is so important. But I would imagine for that, you would have to very much sit down and work out what you were prepared to give, mm-hmm. how much time you were prepared to give. And it's almost the agreement that you go into, this is what I can do for you. And in the time scale, this is what I'm prepared to, to do. And then you kind of stick to that, that agreement. Gail, what kind of qualities do you look for in a mentor? Is it All similar? of the things that Lynn has mentioned. I think someone who's fair and balanced, um, that's able to empathise. So very often I'm self-employed and work by myself, I work from home. Sometimes you can feel quite isolated and it's great when your mentor says, I know exactly how you feel and they might give an example um, that brings that to life and you go, oh, I'm not alone in this. It's Mm -hmm. great to know this is just part of the process. The connections a mentor can bring is incredible. So the ability for someone to just join the dots for you or think bigger than you're currently thinking um, we're always encouraged to think globally but actually a lot of small businesses don't really understand what that means and so it's a different level of thinking. I mean when you say connections as well this is a big big bonus to getting a great mentor is that they will introduce you to people that can either help your business or trigger ideas or to you know act as a sounding board for for new ideas um, so obviously you, you've you've both had experience with, with mentoring. I've actually not had one in my career so far. Although after today, Lynn, I'm wondering, I was when I was reading your, your um, website, I did see that you quite clearly say that if anyone is looking for some advice or some help, that you'll always have five minutes of your time, which is so generous. How often do people take you up on that? It's quite interesting. Every time I go and speak at an event uh, to do a talk about female entrepreneurs, I will always say at the end of the event. So if anyone wants to call me, get in touch, you know, have a chat. I'll always have 15 minutes for, for um, to, to, to have this conversation with you to see if I can help. How many people do you think actually contact me after an event? I mean, I, I, I would expect lots of people would want to get in touch and pick your brain. Usually it's nobody. Mm, that's nobody. intimidated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or they think that you don't mean it. They think that you're yeah. just saying that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people think they're not good enough or that they need to be at a certain stage. They need to have all their ducks in the row. But mm. actually, you just need to show up. 
we've we've all been there. We've all been entrepreneurs. We've all started off businesses with absolutely nothing, no knowledge and no experience. So we really do understand. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, reach out and ask for help. I think it's so, so important. People like to be asked to give other people help. Yeah. It actually makes us feel quite good about ourselves. Yeah, it, does. it is nice, isn't it? Occasionally being offered, being able to offer some advice. Mm -hmm. And I think as well, when you talk through ideas, um, it does make you realise how much maybe you know about a subject or, or as you're discussing it, you come to some new enlightenment or some new idea. I think it's wonderful when people do have um, the confidence and they're brave enough to come and ask you um, but I'd be really keen to know in terms of like do's and don'ts scale what would you say as a mentee are some do's and don'ts oh yeah choose choose your time know what you're asking for um, I was so fortunate to have gone along to a um, scale alumni event and heard Jackie Gale who's a global Scot, give a talk. And her background was amazing. And there was, it was such an intimate gathering. There was only 10 of us. And I took the opportunity to speak to her afterwards, not thinking she would say she had time for a coffee the following day and not thinking that I was about to ask her if she would have time to mentor me. And she said yes. And I think it's interesting if you're an extrovert thinker, as I am, so very often the thoughts come when I talk. But there, there has to be something that they recognise in you. So she has belief in what I do and she can see the passion in the belly. But you have to be genuine when you make that approach. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't know what you're asking for, just asking for help yeah. sometimes is all that's needed. But I, I think do it with grace. Um, don't have any sense of entitlement because you never know what's going on in someone else's life. But I would always say... If that isn't the person, could they suggest someone else? Mm -hmm. Because it may well be, or, or get them to talk about their experience of what's helped them along the way. Because I think in Scotland, we're lucky that um, we're fortunate that so many people want to share their journeys and give people a help. I love that hand. I've, I've basically asked you to say some do's and don'ts. Um, and you, what you've done is give us a very lovely how-to guide rather you've taken a very positive spin on it rather than <laughs> like, cause I think um, I, as I say I really appreciate when people do come to ask and, and it is lovely I think when you get to the stage in your career where you feel like very grateful really for, for where you are that you want to be able to help other people um, when I was really young I was breaking into television I was working as, a, as an editor online for STV and Andrea Brimer who was the newsreader in Aberdeen, um, saw that I was working late, picking up cameras, you know, staying to do the auto cue, just because I was fascinated by this world of television. I was a print journalist. I'd never expected to be around broadcast. And she said, there's no formal way that we can do this, but ultimately I'm gonna help you and teach you. And I think you'd make a great presenter. So let's, let's start working on this once a week. So although I say I haven't had a mentor, I would say probably that's, mm. I mean, it encapsulated, it wasn't formalised in any way, but mm. had it not been for her, I wouldn't do this now, which is, I'm so, so grateful for. And that is the reason I definitely want to give back. Um, but now when I, when I am approached, there's sometimes where I think it's that kind of respecting other people's time yeah. that is the biggest thing I would say to people in terms of do's and don'ts is understanding that, um, you know, if, if you can Google it and find the answer, Absolutely. 
try that first yeah. and then let's have a discussion about it. But um, I find it really difficult to continue going backwards and forwards yeah. and having lots of little questions. You know, I think maybe that's the point where you do want to formalise it. You know, give it give it a week, write down some questions, send them all at once and say, is there a good time to talk rather than, you know, WhatsApping constantly through the day and oh, asking goodness, yeah. me things that's, that they could Google. Yeah. And it, it just, it gets to the point where I just think, you know, I want you to be able to want to help yourself a bit more. So here, here's a couple of don'ts. Never expect your mentor to do the work for you. Um, it doesn't always have to be in person. Lynn's sp- spoken about a phone call conversation. It's, but it, it, it should be time bound and you should never feel as though you are pestering them. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, I think that's a really good point. And if if people are hoping that by by you know listening to this podcast that they will, you know, get confidence and, and get the know how, that's definitely something that you know I feel they should take forward. Mm. Um, and yeah, so so how about yourself, Lynn? Some do's and don'ts. It, be organised. Be respectful of of time. Absolutely, as you've said, don't ask silly questions that you could find out in the internet. This is a lot more strategic in terms of the discussion Mm. that you're wanting to have. And on a practical basis, think about if you're having a face-to-face meeting, where you're actually going to have it. This is quite important because if the mentee always goes to the mentor's office, there's a bit of a kind of power um, dynamic going on there in terms of the relationship. So you should always try and have face-to-face mentoring meetings in a neutral place, mm-hmm. um, in a quiet place, you know, coffee shops, etc. They're not really ideal. You need to be in a in a kind of quiet place, but try and make sure that it's a neutral environment so that you're both respectful of um, each other party's um, position in this relationship. I think it's inevitable that when you're talking about the do's and don'ts, especially because you're both such efficient problem solvers that you naturally say, you know, don't do this, but you can also, you know, this is how, how you should be doing it. And I think what you've just mentioned there, Lynn, is is that sort of creation of a mutually beneficial relationship. And it's something that um, it does need to work for both parties, doesn't yeah. it? And and that is, it shouldn't be one sided. But equally, as a mentor, you should be getting something out of it. What do you get out of it? I like to see people grow in terms of what they're doing. When I started off on my entrepreneurial journey, um, I felt very lonely. I really wanted a big sister to be able to help me. And that's how I think of being a mentor to female, female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. That big sister who's made a lot of mistakes, been there, seen it, done it before, can help guide me along that process. Mm. Um, And just helping to see other people grow and create their own businesses and be in charge of their own life. That's what I enjoy. I heard that you like really, really, really hot curries. So also just take you for a wee curry every now and then, probably. (laughs) But, you know, just to kind of structure this more more towards the the how-to, and and it's something that I hear at events quite a lot, people asking, how do you get a mentor? How does it come about? How can you find these people? Where on earth are they? I, would, I mean, I think having a very clear goal is a really good way mm-hmm. of, of initially initiating it or initially starting to think about it is what are you looking for? Because it's not going to be a one size fits all, as you said before, Lynn. It would be, you know, do, do you need help with tax? Do you need someone to talk about the growth side of things or the industry specific stuff or um, to have those really, really clear goals um, to, as I say, target mentors in, in different areas. But I really like this idea of peer mentoring 
from, from yourself and to consider that because it's not something that we do consider. We, I think when you're initially looking for a mentor, you start, you, you start almost on the back foot that you're asking for something from someone. And I think that maybe that's changing the mindset to be a lot more collaborative, that this is something that is mutually beneficial. But are there any sort of other how to get mentor tips that you would include? Absolutely. The Chamber of Commerce have a mentoring scheme. So someone can Google that and get in touch and they would then talk them through the process. I um, attended a a programme last year called Lead with Wes. I happen to be the only Wes ambassador in Edinburgh on that. And that's Women Enterprise Scotland. Women Enterprise Scotland. And it was an amazing um, programme. And the diversity of women round the table were incredible. And I think the first pilot scheme was done in Fife and the women all wanted to keep in touch because there was such a value created through that network. Mm -hmm. And I still see the ladies who were on my programme. But before going into business, um, I was part of mastermind groups. And this was something that, um, what was the author called? Um, Napoleon Hill did a book called Think and Grow Rich. And it was by, it was inspired by working for Andrew Carnegie, who challenged the guy to find out what made millionaires, millionaires, what was their mindset. And given that this book was written in 1937, to be a millionaire in that time is quite something. But the mastermind group is basically based on the fact that no two people can get together without creating a third mind. And they would oh, actually, I like this. yeah. So yeah. It, it's something that something that almost magical happens. And they would say, the less that somebody else knows about you and your business, the better. So there's the diversity of thought coming in. But you can create this. But it's really important coming back to what's being discussed that there's trust. Mm-hmm. And certainly in any of the formal mentor relationships, you actually do do a disclosure agreement that is is legally binding in terms of what's discussed stays between oh, you. So that's interesting. So if you do have a new idea or, or you, you've maybe not had it copywritten yet or it's you, more than no that. Copyright. In fact, you'll be talking about your financials. You'll right, be talking okay. about the competitive set. You'll be talking about political stuff. I mean, my business, I would like to think of as being apolitical, but obviously as an individual, I've got mm. thoughts that I would discuss with my mentor that I wouldn't want somebody else I mean, you really no can formalise the whole process, can't you? Yeah. How do you go about having those discussions? How does that come about where you you know, initially approach someone and ask them and they say yes? And, you know, is it just that you have an initial, initial meeting to establish what you're looking for and what you're both prepared yeah. to do? And both would want that agreement yeah. because it is a two way process and you're both professionals. Um, I'm wondering, Lynn, if you have any other how to's and actually might even put you on the spot here and ask about some of the programmes that you that, that are coming up at West. Mm-hmm. So the key thing, first of all, is to be honest about your skill gaps. Um, and we all we all have gaps in our knowledge and experience. So just take a little bit of time out and write them down and think about where, where you're wanting additional support. And if you don't really know that yourself you could maybe ask a friend to to give you to give you some insights and then that will start to direct you to the type of support that you want whether it's really practical or whether it's more emotional or you know whatever so you will then start to find out you know what you're actually really needing and then you can start to, to target um mm-hmm. organizations or people or networking events and sometimes you you just bond with somebody 
there's you know some mm-hmm. element there and you, you just bond with them so understanding your skill back skill gaps going to networking events um if you go to events and you see speakers and you really like what the speaker says go up and ask them and if you're not brave enough to go up and ask them on your own take a friend along and mm-hmm. do it together because it is scary to do these things but overcoming these fears of putting yourself out there and asking for help is a real sign of bravery and courage. I love the idea of targeting someone though, you know, having doing your research first and making sure that, you know, this is someone that you really, really want to work with and finding out, you know, where they're speaking and making sure you know what they're doing and what they've got coming up and that you've got, you're able to carry a conversation with them that shows that you're as interested in them as you want them to be in you. And also even something really simple like having your business cards on you or a way that you can Mm -hmm. give them your information so that that they can contact you, I think is a really You you spend a lot of time researching your business and you're going to spend a lot of time with a mentor. So why wouldn't you research that just as much as you're doing all the research for your your business? Because this mentor will be crucially important to Mm -hmm. you, so you need to take the time to get it right. And what about with your business? What's What have you got coming up with that? Um, we've got a really exciting project working on a peace candle at the moment. So Lovely. it's the gentleman who has done a peace tartan and he happens to be the visit coordinator for the Dalai Lama. So, um, yeah, very exciting. So we're speaking about a trilogy of candles and about lighting the light and being the light. Um, so, yeah, um, Victor's currently got a candle that he's away to see how it works for him. So, wow. Yeah, that could be a, a really exciting project for next so year. So could your candle be in front of the, da- the Dalai Lama might have one of your candles? In time, that would be great. Certainly the first person to receive a peace tartan um, scarf was the Dalai Lama. <gasps> I and, mean, that yeah, is incredible. An incre- yeah, yeah, really, you'll need to let us, yes, let us know. Yes. You'll need to keep in touch. And what about you, Len? What have you got coming up? So I'm going back to my entrepreneurial roots Mm -hmm. um, with uh, two of my colleagues at Women's Enterprise Scotland. Uh, We've started up a new company uh, called Immaculate, which is launching an alcohol-free gin and tonic. Um, And part of the rationale for us doing, well, twofold rationale. um, One, I'm really interested in well-being. Um, I think this is a really incredibly interesting area. But we are also using 50% of the profits from from this product to help fund Women's Enterprise Scotland and all the work that we do. And also, it's actually been quite a sobering experience uh, for me to go back to my entrepreneurial roots because it's been really good. It's reminded me how hard it is. (laughs) Sobering experience for Sobering, and I'm really reaching out to so many people to ask for support. Wow been really interesting so far. I mean this is fascinating because young people are not drinking as much anymore. About 30% of millennials don't drink alcohol at all and have no intention of and also sort of round about you know the age 50 people start to drink uh, a little bit less they're more interested in their well-being and there's just a general trend Mm -hmm. for people having more of a drinking repertoire. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll go out and have a great night Sometimes they just want to have soft drinks. Sometimes they maybe just want want one alcoholic drink. So people have a different repertoire and a different way of drinking now. As always, we finish with a fantastic biz inspo quote. Gail, I'd love to know what you what keeps you going, or if there's like a, a mantra, or if there's just a quote that you love. It's simply believe in yourself because there'll never be another you. So it's play full out. Understand what makes you you. Just be. 
just be. <laughs> and Lynn? I don't always live by this, but I try to do my best every day. And my mantra is really to be kind wherever possible. And it's always possible. You can always help other people. There's no room for, you know, bad manners, rudeness, not helping other people in life. And uh, yeah, be kind wherever possible. That's a very in-keeping mantra with obviously mentorship and why we're here today. Um, the one that I read that I really liked was actually from Maya Angelou um, to Oprah Winfrey. Mentors are important and I don't think anyone makes it in the world without some form of mentorship. So thank you both so, so much for your time today. Lynn Cadenhead and Gail Bryden, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Royal Bank of Scotland's Ask for More podcasts, breaking down the barriers to women starting and running successful businesses.